Today's reading is Psalm 73. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure, pure in heart. But as for me, my feet have almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. For from, from their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil concepts of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths they claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like, always carefree. They increase in wealth. Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have plagued. I have been punished every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have, been, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all, the, all this, it was oppressive to me. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood the final destiny. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. As the, as the dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you, dis, you will despise them as fantasies. Then my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered. It was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards you will take me into, you, into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And on earth I desire nothing besides you. Your flesh and my heart may fail, but God in the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish, and you destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is, it is good to be near God. I have made, my so, I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will, I will tell of all your deeds. This is the word of the Lord. Be uh, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us again. We thank you for the story um, of this man who went through such struggles and yet came out with his faith strengthened. We pray uh, for ourselves this morning that you would graciously meet us wherever we are um, and that you would strengthen our faith uh, to live for you, uh, especially when things are difficult. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I lived in uh, Bristol for a few years, uh, and when you live in Bristol, you walk up and down a lot of hills. It's inevitable. Um, and you usually walk up and down these hills in the rain. That's almost inevitable too. Uh, and so there were times when I'd be um, walking and heading downhill and it was raining and my mind was elsewhere uh, and I would step on one of those metal covers in the pavement. Uh, it's quite an adrenaline rush. You, you suddenly have this moment of wondering, am I going to fall or am I going to recover? And if I do fall, how much is it going to hurt and how much are the people around me going to laugh? And then usually, thankfully, I, I'd kind of get my footing 
and, and carry on. Uh, and my mind was suddenly much clearer and much more focused on the task of actually walking without falling over. That is what happens to Asaph in Psalm 73. We're told elsewhere in the Bible that, that Asaph was a worship leader in Israel, uh, an influential man. Uh, and yet here he tells us uh, of a time in his life when he was so distressed that he was close to giving up on God. He was asking himself, is this really worth it? Is it really worth following God? Wouldn't life actually be easier without him if I just gave up? And maybe those are questions that you've asked yourself before. Maybe they're questions you're asking even this morning. They're probably questions that, that all of us at some point in our life will ask. And in Psalm 73, we get to, we get to look into the, the heart and the mind of someone who has asked those questions and really drilled down deep into them and has come out saying in verse 1, truly, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. So we're going to look at why he stumbled. What was it that made him stumble? How he steadied himself and didn't fall completely. And then afterwards, how he was able to stand firm in his faith. We see in verse 3, really, the summary of Asaph's problem. It's on page 586, if you want to follow it. He says, For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And he then goes on to, to spell out exactly what that prosperity looks like. These people are healthy. They're rich. They, they don't really have problems like everyone else in the world. And because of that, they're supremely arrogant. They think they own the place. You see in verse 9, their, their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. There's nothing beyond them. They think evil, and they speak evil, and they do evil. And they have absolutely no shame in it. They go around with violence, or pride as their necklace, and they clothe themselves with violence. They don't care what anyone else thinks. And Asaph sees these people, and he wonders, why? Why are they doing so well? How come they, they are doing so well if God is good? But then his problem is actually made worse. You see in verse 14, he himself is not doing well. He's suffering. All day long, he says, I've been plagued. I've been punished every morning. In verse 5, he said, look, the wicked aren't plagued by human ills, but me, every day, every day I'm plagued. And so he's looking at and he sees these people, and then he looks at his own life, and he just thinks, this is ridiculous. I've been doing my best to follow God. I've been, been doing everything I can. And I am here struggling. And they are there having the time of their lives. What, why should they be prospering? Why aren't I prospering? He gets to the point in verse 13 where he says, Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. In vain. 
have I washed my hands in innocence? What's the point? What's the point of this whole religious life? What's the point of trusting God? I just want to give a a word of encouragement quickly. You see, here we have a worship leader in Israel. You know, the the upfront guy who gathered everyone else together and said, come on, let's praise God. Struggling with immense doubt. Immense doubts. See, having doubts does not disqualify us from being Christian. The important thing is what we do with the doubts that we have. But why is it? Why is it that he stumbles so badly? What is it that causes him to to struggle so much? I think it shows us, firstly, that the pressure of physical and mental suffering. You see, we're we're whole people. We... um, our, our minds and bodies and spirits, and so we, we can't separate out our, our physical life from our spiritual life or our mental life from our spiritual life. You see, when we're, when we're tired or ill or, or just generally run down, it's so much easier, isn't it, to get frustrated or to start worrying about the future. It's so much harder at those points to trust God, to really think that he is good, but there's another thing which, which intensifies Asaph's struggle. See, his own problems, he, he sums up in a couple of verses. But he can give you great detail about the lives of the wicked. See, ten verses of, of exactly how good their lives are, exactly what they're doing, in minute detail. You see, he's obsessed with them. It's all that he can see. He can't see anything else. When Mandy and I first, first found out that, that we were pregnant, we, we suddenly seemed to see new parents everywhere. They just sprang up out of the ground with prams and everything. And we, where did they come from? I didn't, they weren't there before. You see, suddenly our minds were focused on that, and so we started seeing them all everywhere. Asaph is so focused on these wicked people, it's all he can see. They're, they're coming out of the woodwork. Have you, have you struggled like that? Whether it's, it's the, the bully at school who always gets away with it. It's the, the person at work who's uh, telling you about how they managed to cheat the tax system and look at their nice car that they've now got as well. Or, or that friend who you've been praying for for years who just, just, you know, oh yeah, that's lovely that you go to church, but pff, I don't need God. I'm fine, thank you very much. You know, those situations, it can cause us to stumble Is it really worth it for me? If they don't need it, do I? It's a pretty desperate situation for Asaph. He's he's sliding down the hill. He's doing that kind of stumble, 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 stumble thing that comes just before a fall. And you think, is he going to completely wipe out? Is he going to lose it completely? Then we come to verses 15 to 17. And thankfully, we see him beginning to get his footing, beginning to get study. So how does he do it? Well, it looks like it in verse 15 that that his life as the worship leader in Israel is is suddenly breaking through into his mind. He's not just seeing wicked people everywhere. He's suddenly thinking about all those other people that he meets with, that he leads in worship. 
What would they think if he spoke like this? He says in verse 15, If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. He's suddenly concerned for other people, not just for himself. He suddenly realizes actually there are other people around who would really struggle if I started sharing this. I can't just go on daytime TV and have my big rant. No, if if I go down, it's not just me. It would affect so many other people. You see, we can have our doubts, but it's what we do with our doubts that's important. And sometimes it's wrong for us just to share our doubts widely. Asaph realized that. At this point, it would have been wrong for him to share his doubts. It's the first step in him recovering his footing. He suddenly thinks, actually, there are a lot of other people that I need to care about. It's so important for us to be with other believers, whether it's Pathfinders, whether it's Sago, whether it's in a house group, whether it's a Sunday gathering like this. We need people who will care for us. But sometimes we need people to care for But then Asaph goes on. He's getting his footing, but he's not there yet. And so what he does in verse 16 is he starts really focusing on the problem. You know, why am I struggling, he says. When I try to understand all this, he's really putting the effort into understanding why he is suffering and they are doing well and how that makes sense with a good God. And it's hard work. It's oppressive to him, he says. And you think, well, goodness, actually, he's just, he's just started recovering. This seems like a backward step. He's going backwards again. But it's not. You see, as C.S. Lewis said, if you're going in the wrong direction, the first person to make progress is the one who turns around. Asaph is beginning to turn around. He's, he's got to here and he's thinking, wait, I'm, I'm not in a good place. So I'm going to turn around, I'm going to retrace my steps, and I'm going to see what happened. How did I get here? But even that is not enough. See, he can't, he can't quite get there on, on his own. He, he's, he's working at it, and he's trying hard, and it's burdening him. And he can't quite get it. And then in verse 17, he comes into the sanctuary of God. He, he heads off to the temple to worship. The people that he's remembered in verse 15 are getting together, and he thinks, you know what? I need to go with them. We will have these questions, or we have had these questions. It's almost guaranteed at some point in our lives we will wonder, is it worth being a Christian? Pathfinders, for you, at some point you will wonder, is it worth being a Christian? Older members here may may remember times when they've gone through that struggle. Was it worth being a Christian? And at those times, usually the greatest temptation is... I just, I'll just avoid church this week. You know, I just, I just don't, I, just, I can't meet with people. I don't want to be there. I don't, I'll avoid house group. You know, I won't go along um, on Friday evening. I just, you know, I, I can't do it. That's the temptation. And we mustn't fall prey to it. 
You see, for Asaph, the solution was going to the temple, being with other believers, seeing other people. We don't know what it was that turned him around. We don't know if it was the the songs or the prayers or the, the sermon or the scripture that was read. Was it a chance conversation he happened with a friend? We don't know. And that's encouraging because it means that there is not an exact prescription that we have to follow. You know, if you come to church one week and you think, it's got to be the songs. If the songs are good this week, that will do it for me. And if they're not, oh. But maybe actually it's a conversation with a friend that does it. There's always the possibility as we gather together that God will come and meet us and break into our doubts. So Asaph has, has stumbled and he's been going downhill fast, but he's regained his footing but he doesn't stop there. And actually, astonishing as it may seem, given how, how bad it's come for him, he ends up in a better place than he was before. You see, so often as we, as we stumble, we take those big strides forwards, don't we, trying to regain our footing. And we actually end up further along the road than if we'd just been walking normally. Asaph ends up further along the road So how is it that he gets to a point where he is standing firm? Not just steady, but absolutely firm in God's promises. Well, in one sense, nothing changed for him. You see in verse 20, he says, When you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. You see, God hasn't acted yet. The wicked are still having a great time. He's still struggling. He's not suddenly full of health and wealth and happiness. But something's changed. It's like the, the magic eye picture. The mess is still there, but Asaph is now looking at it and he sees it differently. His whole situation has changed. You see, he realizes that the wicked, who seem to be doing so well and having the time of their lives, he suddenly looks and thinks, wow, they're not in charge of their lives, they're not in control. God has set them in slippery places, verse 18. God is still sovereign over what's going on. However good their lives may seem, Asaph realizes, wow, it's not going to be good forever. And so suddenly these people who have been the objects of his envy and his jealousy and his, his frustration and his bitterness and his anger, he suddenly looks and says, wow, I should pity them. They're in a terrible place. That is an awful situation to be in. It really is as good as it gets for them. And it's, it, it would be tempting to stop there, isn't it? Well, great, that's the answer. We know that the wicked aren't always going to do well. Fine, we'll just kind of deep breath, grit our teeth, carry on until the end and God will sort it all out. But Asaph doesn't stop. Because his problem wasn't just with all those people out there who were doing so well. His problem was he envied them. He wanted to be like them. He was a problem. And so in verse 22, he realizes that and repents. I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. His his lack of trust in God's goodness had reduced him to the, the level of a, a mere animal, just, just responding and reacting to whatever he saw. 
and failing to trust that God was good. But it's that repentance that brings him joy. You see, he, he says, I was a brute beast before you. And then as he says before you, he thinks, wait a second. I'm always with you. Verse 23. I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. Look back over your, over your life. The, the times of, of greatest difficulty, the times of darkest doubt, God was there. Whatever struggles you're going through at, at the moment, right now, God is there. If you, if you go to the park and just watch for a while, certainly, well, not in the day like this, but on a nice sunny day, and, and as parents with a toddler walking along, and they're holding their hand, and that, that toddler will stumble again and again, but they never fall. They pivot hilariously around their parents' arm, but they never fall. You've got me by my right hand. God has got us. We stumble, but we don't fall. However bad things get, he says, my heart and my flesh may fail, verse 26. However bad it gets, physically or spiritually or emotionally, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. See, Asaph has been plowing downhill at a rate of knots, and he's just about got his footing, and now, suddenly, he's walking again. God has got him by his right hand. God is the strength of his heart and his portion forever. Now, he's standing firm. It's quite a journey. He goes on. I'll say it again. It is one that at some point we will all, to a greater or lesser extent, face. We will have those questions. Because God doesn't promise us health and wealth and happiness. In fact, Jesus so often says to his disciples, you're going to suffer and be persecuted and struggle. It, it, it won't look like you're supremely uh, conquering the world. And so that, that temptation to think, actually, you know what, is it worth it? Is it worth it? That will come. Is God really there and does he really care? Those questions will come. But you see, in Psalm 73, we have someone who's, who's gone through all that. Right down in, into the deepest steps, and he's come out on the other side and said, surely God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So when those questions come, come back to Psalm 73. <laughs> Read this man's story again. Don't give up gathering with other people, gathering with other Christians. Because you never know when God might break through and answer your doubts. And remember that however it feels, however dark it is, however tough it is, God has you by the hand. And so when he pulls you up and sets you on your feet again so that you can stand, you will then have your own Psalm 73 that you can tell to others to encourage them. Amen.